Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm Darren. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Beck, down here. Hello. And uh, we have been pastoring for 21 years in uh, lots of different capacities, like uh, Pastor Mel said, we've planted a church and moved that church into becoming a campus, and now we're on the exec team at, uh, at C3 Victory in Newcastle. It's pretty fun. We have four teenagers. Pray for us, please. Please help us out. Jesus, I need wisdom. Great. Uh, we have three teenage boys and uh, a little girl who's just turned 13. It's killing me. Um, it's, it's great. For about 15 years, we've just been helping. People just seem to come to us with all their marriage problems. And we're like, cool. And we found ourselves saying the same thing over and over again. So I ended up writing a book so I wouldn't have to have all those conversations. No, just kidding. Um, it's just been, it's been such a great journey. We really feel like uh, God has really called us into this marriage space. Um, and so we had such a good time yesterday uh, in, the, uh, in the marriage seminar. It was, it was a lot of fun. But um, anyway, so this is a little book. I wrote it uh, for the average Aussie guy in mind. You can see how thin it is because, you know, if you, if you, if you bring this enormous marriage tome home and it's like really thick and you stick it on the, on the, on the bench there, I don't know, I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't read it. Um, but I thought, I want to I write a book that I'd be happy to read. And so it's like every, it's like broken up into little bite-sized chunks because that's how I like to read a helpful book as well. Um, A guy in our church read it in three hours. You can get it on Audible, listen to me for two hours and one minute if you like. That's okay. Um, But yeah, he read it in three hours and then was like, that was really good. I need to like slowly go through all the principles. I'm like, yeah, do it, man. What a good idea. Anyway, uh, if you're on TikTok, I'm on there too. Just search for the happy marriage. Um, I don't dance, but I do do like little super 90-second marriage tips. Um, 100,000 weird people have clicked follow this guy, so that's okay. It doesn't mean anything. Um, some people really don't like me on TikTok. Like they really don't. Because I talk about sacrificial love, why you shouldn't watch porn, uh, like all kinds of stuff. Like why you probably should put down your phone sometimes if you want to have a good relationship. People don't like that kind of stuff. Anyway, anyway, that's okay. Those aren't the ones who click follow. (laughs) I'm good with that. See ya. All good, all good. Today, I really want to talk a little bit about how love works how real, genuine, biblical love works. Um, And we're going to apply it to marriage, but this is a principle. You'll find certain uh, scriptures that are specific to marriage, but you find a lot of scriptures that are specific to love right? They, they're, they're love in a general sense. And um, I love leveraging those because they really apply in marriage, but they also apply in a lot of other contexts, like normal church life, like, you know, hanging out with church people and your co-workers and your siblings and your parents, like loving the people in your life. Um, but before we like dive into some stuff, like, I just want to quickly unpack a little bit of how God sees marriage and his heart for marriage. Marriage is the invitation to love deeply, to love well, and to love selflessly. Marriage is a microcosm of the gospel in so many ways. It's where we learn to sacrifice. 
It's where we learn to truly love one another and serve one another. Marriage is this, um, we get these great, uh, difficult journeys of personal growth and delayed gratification to go on as well. They're not, they're, not, they're not really that fun sometimes, but we get to grow up in our love for one another. We discover the power of forgiveness, power of vulnerability. Marriage invites us to enjoy God's gift of sex, which is a pretty great perk, I have to say. Marriage confronts us with our own humanness, with our own need of grace, our sinful, self-absorbed ways. Maybe I'm just talking about myself now. Um, Marriage confronts us with this choice to love, even when things aren't perfect, and to keep choosing and choosing to love and love and love and love. Uh, I, think in, I think marriage is like a pressure cooker. It's this pressure cooker of, of like love and growth and feelings and the mundane and the glorious all thrown into this one pot, put on high pressure. Marriage is like a gift from God to explore your own very human heart and journey with God and your spouse into deeper love and deeper connection and deeper contentment. Um, Marriage is the invitation to be deeply loved just as you are learning how to deeply love. So the passage for today is not super specific to marriage, but here we go. It does form the context of the great marriage passage in Ephesians chapter 5. So I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read one verse, and we're just going to hang around on that verse all day. Is that all right? Well, for the next 23 minutes anyway. 23 minutes. That's it. That's all I got. It's good. I can can use that really, really well. All right, here we go. Ephesians 5 verse 2. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How about we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you have loved us so well. Jesus, we've just been singing about how incredible, majestic that you are. And we, we want to learn today to love like you love. So, Lord, would you help us? Would you give us revelation? Would you help us to see things today that maybe we haven't seen before? And help us to be transformed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Walk in the way of love. Whoa, like that's a, that's a bold, that's a bold request, Jesus, right? Walk in the way of agape. That's what it says. Walk in the way of agape love. Walk in the way of selfless, unconditional, sacrificial love. That's a, that's a tall order. That's a big request. Walk around in this crazy life, blessing others, considering others, sacrificing for others. Like, holy moly. That's, you know, don't put crazy conditions on your love. But we're so good at that. I'm really good at that. We, um, we have a brand new puppy. Um, she, she is hilarious. She's a great addition to the home. Uh, she's a bit wild at the moment. That's okay. We've had her for less than two weeks. Uh, we got her for free because she has medical, she's had some medical issues. She had pneumonia at, at three weeks old and she can't bark. It is glorious. 
It is the, it's the, it's the great, I, I feel like I just got a gift from heaven. It, it, it's awesome. So she, she sits at the back door and goes like this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you out there. It's, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, now, she hasn't quite worked out where to do her business yet. So the other morning, she was at the back door. I, I think this is, might be a wild story to tell for my first time in Watson. Is this okay? Anyway, I'm going I'm I'm to go for it. Just have some grace, all right, everyone? Have some grace. Uh, so uh, she's at the back door, and she decides to do a number two just next to where she's sitting. And then my son decides, this is a great time to let her inside. So he opens the door. In her excitement, she steps into the thing and walks it into the house. And because she's a puppy, likes to run everywhere. So I, I come out, it's like a work morning. I'm like getting ready for work. And I come out and I'm like, what is that smell? Oh my gosh. Anyway, we worked out what was going on. We put her out and... Um, so at 7 a.m., I am mopping the house, about a third of the house, and then I'm spraying down the veranda with the hose. I'm like, what is going on? And it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And as I looked at this passage, I'm like, walk in the way of love. Daisy did not walk in the way of love. Sometimes what we do is we, we, we carry our stuff with us into relationships. We carry our dysfunctions, our baggage. We expect to be loved without loving first. We carry attitude. We carry so much. We carry previous hurt. We carry insecurities. We, we expect other people to do things for us that we are not prepared to do for them yet. Walk in the way of love. God's love, God's agape love for you and I made him reach towards us. And yet we often expect that others are going to do that first. That's not love. That's thinking of me first. So how do we love well? How do we walk in the way of love when it comes to our marriages and our relationships? If you're writing notes, that's always a good thing to do in church. Get out your phone, open a new note, you know, write some... Um, legendary preacher from Newcastle, and then start to write. I don't know what you want to write there. It's fine. Write this down. Number one, love is connection focus. I, uh, I love this book by uh, Danny Lee Silk called um, Keep Your Love On. Anyone read that book? Brilliant book. Fantastic. He says, love means moving towards. Love means moving towards the other person. Love means focusing on protecting and maintaining healthy connection with the other person. And we talk a lot about connection. Like one third of my book is about connection. Actually, does anyone want a copy of this book? First person to get up here gets a free, free copy. Ready? One, two, three. Action. Oh! oh. <laughs> well done. Enjoy that, young one. Enjoy, enjoy learning about connection and unity and vision in your marriage. Congratulations. God bless. That's awesome. About a third of the book is, is around connection. And that's what we focused on yesterday. And um, so the easiest way for me to describe connection is in a marriage is when you think back to when you first got together. When you first got together, uh, you were like 
living in each other's pockets. Every moment was spent together. You were like, your friends are getting a little vomit in their mouths because you're so lovey-dovey. It's like, you know, it's like when my kids see us kissing in the kitchen and they're like, mom and dad, stop, right? Right? You were, you, you spend all of the time together, all of the time. You professed your love for one another. You talked about your hopes and your dreams, your fears. You, you, you know, the, that moment when you first got together, that's a, an incredible definition of connection. In the early days, your connection is high. And when you feel connected to your spouse, it feels great, feels like everything is easy. Everything. The hard times are easier. The, the hard seasons are easier when you feel connected to your spouse. Um, we say that connection is like oil. Everything flows better when there's oil. When there's oil in your car, it works so much better than when there is not. And we've had a few cars that have run out of oil. Eh, that didn't go so well, right? Everything is better when you feel connected and what we would recommend is to start shallow. I think shallow's got a bad rap over the years. Shallow's a really great place to start. Just don't exist there all the time. When you start a conversation, start shallow. Like with, 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 with my wife, you know, I'll be like, how'd you sleep? It's a pretty shallow start to a conversation. How'd you sleep? How are you going? Because connection is like the top, the uppermost level. Connection is where we begin. And when we can start to connect well, then we can go a little bit deeper. And connection's important because we want to feel safe, heard, known, and loved in our relationships. We want to feel safe. We want to feel safe to be ourselves, safe to be, you know, vulnerable at times, safe to be able to say what's on our hearts or minds without fear of being ridiculed or brushed off. We want to feel heard. We want our, our story and our pain and our successes and our victories and our crazy stories about our, you know, uh, weird colleague at work. We want our story to be heard, right? We also want to be known and loved and desired at the same time. And connection creates, cre- connection is like up the top. Connection creates safety, which enables vulnerability, which leads to emotional intimacy. And we're all wired for emotional intimacy. But you can't like short circuit the plan and go straight there. You gotta start at the top. You gotta start with connecting. Start with how was your day? Start with did you sleep okay? Start with, hey mate, how's that weather all right? Yeah, yeah, right? I'm not saying that you'd say that to your wife. Um, That's like to a mate, a friend, right? We're, We're trying to be a bit broader here today, people, right? So like walk in the way of love. Love is connection focused. If we are walking in the way of agape, I'm not simply focused on myself all the time. I'm not walking around just thinking of me and how, I'm in, how everyone's impacting me. Maybe I'm thinking about how I'm impacting everyone. When I'm focused on the connection, am I reaching out to them or am I waiting for them to reach out to me? And when someone reaches out to me, am I responding to them? Dr. Sue Johnson wrote an incredible book called um, Hold Me Tight. 
And in it, she unpacks her theory, which is worldwide now, her theory called EFT, Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy. And um, in it, she has um, this dance that couples do called the protest polka. We know it as the pursuer withdrawer dynamic as well. Um, but in it is a story of a couple. And as they dove deeper and deeper into their true challenge, they re she realized that the woman was trying to locate her husband emotionally. She was like, when I reached for you, I can't find you. And, and they both realized that they needed to be more responsive. He needed to be more responsive and she needed to back off the gas a little bit because as he withdrew, she put more pressure on. And this is what we do. We need to learn to be responsive when people are reaching for us. When your spouse is reaching for you emotionally or physically, you need to be responsive. That is walking in the way of love. And if love moves towards, like, who's that, who's that friend you need to reach out for for coffee again? How are you going to reach out or respond to your spouse? Love is connection-focused, right? We always say start with connecting in the, in the day. Start, I've, got a, I've got a motor. I am taking far too much time on point number one. You know, don't start the morning with logistics. Don't start the morning with a problem. You forgot to put the dishwasher on again. That's a great way to start the day with your spouse, isn't it? No, no, no. I wake up, Beck. I love, she laughs at all my jokes. You're awesome. You're really good. You can, are you coming for the second service? That would be great. Um, I, every morning, my wife wakes up with a coffee beside her bed and a pat on the shoulder. Hey, babe, it's time to wake up. Right? Because I want her to be like, geez, I'm blessed. Every single morning of the, of the year right? But I don't wake up and go, and I could, and we talked about this yesterday, I could wake up and go, you forgot to put the dishwasher on again. And now I had to go and wash a bowl that should have been washed because blah, 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 right? Don't start with a problem. Don't start with logistics. Like, hey, can you help Josie find her school shorts? And you got to drop the son to work at 8.30 and like blah, 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 blah. And tonight, actually, I need you to cook because i got a meeting. Like, don't start like that. Start with, hey, how you doing? Are you all right? When your spouse walks into the room after the, you know, after a long period of time, get up. Go and give them a kiss. If you haven't seen them for a day, they come home from work. Make that moment important. Make that moment something. You know, don't just like look over the top of your phone. Hey. <laughs> Love is connection focused. Love moves towards the other person. All right, if you're writing notes, write this down. Number two, love is inconvenient. Love is inconvenient. So many areas of love that are not convenient. It's not convenient to share with your spouse that you're hurt. It's not convenient to walk with a friend through a, a, a process of grief. It's not convenient to forgive your sibling or your parents. It's not convenient. But that's what we're called to do. And this is one of the areas of a, uh, of a maturing love. A maturing love pushes through when it's not fun, when it's not convenient, when it's not lovey-dovey, when it's not nice, right? When you're not feeling it, but you're choosing it. A big key that I've learned is to listen longer than I feel like. Listen longer than I'm comfortable with. Because, I, I mean, truthfully, I'm a bit long-winded sometimes. And um, yeah, I know it's hard to believe, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the clock at the back going, can we double that? Uh, 
you know, but you know, Beck can be long-winded sometimes too. And I found myself checking out of, of the conversation. And you know what I do? I, I start to like rustle the keys in my pocket. Almost like, I don't even know why. Maybe it's like this subtle reminder to everyone around me, Darren's got important things to go and do. All right? You know, I'm rustling the keys and I'm starting to edge towards the door. I'm like, yeah. Mm. And then, you know, like, I'm, Beck's still talking and I'm like leaving the conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, Darren, re-engage, re-engage, go back in. Right? Ask more questions. You know what's also not convenient? Forgiveness and repair. Choosing to forgive, going through the process of dealing with an expectation gap and covering it with grace, loving your spouse like that. I recently realized that my mom needed a very specific time to be invited to come for a cuppa. Don't just give out this broad invitation of pop around whenever you like. No, no, no. She needs an exact time or she is not going to respond. And for years I've been like, whatever, mum. Don't come around then. All good. Anyway, so I texted her. I reached out. I, uh, I walked in the way of agape love and I moved towards her and said, how about Monday or Tuesday at 4 p.m.? For 24 hours she didn't respond. And I'm like... What on earth, mom? What's going on? And then she responds with, that sounds lovely. We had people around all weekend. Sorry, I didn't check my phone. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> of course, it's all good. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm totally fine. We're good. We're good. We're good. Like, forgive easily. I love what Pastor Phil said years ago. He said, every morning I forgive everyone everything they've ever done to me. I was like, that's really good practice. <laughs> I need to start doing that. That's awesome. Love is inconvenient. And if you're writing notes, write this one down. Last one, love is unhurried. Love is slow. Love is not rushed. Um, if you read a book called, um, uh, what's it called? The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. John Mark Comer, read that book, get it into you. He says in that book that all of his worst moments as a husband and as a father are when he's in a hurry. Slow down. You can't love well if you're in a hurry. You can't pause to connect, to listen, to be present if you're always in a hurry. Slow down. Slow down. We need to slow down to love well. One of the best things that Beck and I do, I'm just about to finish, can the team come back up? That'd be awesome. One of the best things that we do is to debrief the day together. We just sit down. In fact, Beck loves it. When she comes home and I hand her a glass of wine and she sits on the other side of the bench as I'm chopping vegetables, making dinner. And then we debrief the day. How was your day? What happened in your day? And we talk about it, you know, while I'm desperately trying to listen and follow a recipe at the same time. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. And not chop my finger off. That was also helpful, <laughs> right? But when you slow down together, you seen those Macca's ads? I don't know. Maccas, you love Maccas, me too. A little bit dangerous, that stuff, right? And they have these ads in the summertime where these young adults, uh, I don't know how they get all the money to go to Maccas all the time and just go surfing for the summer, but whatever. And they hang out together and there's like all this great music in the background, their hair's flowing in the breeze and they're just hanging out. They're getting Maccas, they're going to the beach, they're just spending time together, slowing down. Love is unhurried slow down. 
if you want to love well. Let's pray. God, today, I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you've been talking to each person, just revealing yourself, revealing your heart for relationships and your heart for how agape love can work through us. So Holy Spirit, would you help us to love well, to love deeply, to love sacrificially, to not just think of ourselves, but to consider those who are around us, to consider our colleague on the other side of the cubicle, to consider our neighbor right next door, to consider our spouse, our family, our friends. Help us to love well, God, so that we can glorify you, so that we can enjoy intimacy, deep friendship, deep community, wonderful marriages. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.